This week's edition of So You Want to Be in IT, podcast aimed at those starting out their journey in the vast world of IT. We talk about navigating the world of IT as a beginner, from how to climb the ladder, how to break in, how to, you know, what to study for, certifications, best practices, and literally everything else in between. So, uh, you know who I am. Uh, I'm your host, Pat. Hey, Dean here. Nice to have you again. Dean's over there doing his thing. So episode five, Dean, we just keep rolling until someone yeah, tells us do. to stop. So uh, we we have a lot to talk about and figure what's a good way to get out here and do our thing and just put it out there onto the interweb. So first couple of weeks, we talked a bit about breaking in uh, various things like how to find your niche, uh, help desk roles we touched on, uh, how to stand out, like I said, best practices. Uh, even touch on a few certification bits and pieces as well, Dean. Absolutely, yeah. This week, I think we're going to flip the coin a little bit, flip the script, as you will, and talk about applying for jobs, looking for interviews, you know, doing your homework uh, on the company before walking in the door. Because I think that's a big piece, Dean. I think I like that. guys or gals try to be more inclusive. I always say guys, but I <laughs> feel like it's, you know, talking to everybody. It's, it's a collective term. It is. It's a collective term feel, these days. Yeah, I feel like I've, it's I've, I've gone to a group of ladies and said guys, and they weren't incredibly insulted. Yeah. I probably should have. My grammar could have been better, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it definitely is a, a universal term. That's right. I hope right so. Now, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, guys are looking out there and seeing what's what, you know, what's out there on sites like Indeed or uh, Monster, uh, Career Builder. I'm guessing Monster and Career Builder are still around. I'm kind of showing my age a little bit. but Yeah, I think you are a little there. Maybe. Not, not like I've applied for a job for a while, yeah. but good grief. I know. Yeah, they were like back in like 2013 i'm not too sure what it is this decade <laughs> i think it's like uh dice and dice is a big one what else is yeah what else is out i know linkedin's huge linkedin is it's got well, a real big LinkedIn. footprint now it didn't used to yeah now you can actually apply for jobs directly on there yeah which is nice dice and indeed is still kicking around i think yep. i think you're still right about indeed yeah yeah but monster builder i don't know about that yeah. i've not seen that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm so i'm glad i know what you mean though because like that that went back down memory lane yeah. i'm like good grief i'm not had an email for them for a while <laughs> my spam filters must be working while they're out of business i hear you <laughs> so yeah so you know, guys get out there and they and they look for jobs and, and they see what's see what's out there. So we just wanted to kind of talk a couple tips and try to give Dean and I's uh, two cents into making that that search, that interview process, that uh, set you up for success and make that transition a little easier or that process a little easier, I should say, to finding that that good fit for you. So uh, for me, and I have a couple just jotted down here. I'm just going to spew them out, Dean jump in yeah hear it let's hear it the first thing is you have to find openings and find jobs that fit your skill set right so if you're if you're a network guy or if you're a, a vm guy or or security guy look for roles in that sort of silo you know even if you're just breaking in right the help desk and things of that nature and, and to be honest with you, like on a help desk role you're going to touch a lot of things so it's less crucial for help desk i guess but like you have to still find that opening that fits your skill set whether that's hardware whether that's you know, software. So like, so basically, if you're a network guy, don't go apply for programming or, or a Java job because that's just not where your, where your bread's going to be buttered, you know, sort of thing. So, and, and obviously, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a perfect fit, but find it, find a job that, or you know, find a job that's going to be as close to your, what you'd be, you know, interested in or, or what your, what your niche is as, as possible, even though you're going to climb the ladder, you know, that way you're going to touch a lot of things. Find something that's sort of close to your silo now. Yeah, I agree with that. You got to definitely keep it close to your chest in some respect, yep. because you are being paid to execute a particular task. Although, in saying that, every organization I've worked for, regardless of your skill set, there are there is some sort of training involved. Where, like, if you learn, if you get a CCNA, that's all well and good, but companies and organizations have their way of doing things and you can't do stuff Cisco's way, if that makes sense. Correct. Therefore, there's there's training and procedures 
that and usually a mentor that you're assigned where you have to go and do it via the business's way. You know, like, like that just gets you in the door for technology. Now you need to know how the business makes money and they have procedures and ways of doing things. And that's the next step in your career is basically learning and obtaining that knowledge. So although in saying that, I get what you're saying about the Java and stuff, but even with programming jobs there, I know you have to learn no programming, don't get me wrong, because they're going to expect a result like a program at the end of the day or, or added subroutines or functions or whatever assistant to the program if you're on a sort of a greater developer build or something of that nature. However, uh, if you're keeping to the subject of uh, our field networking, yeah, there's always, regardless of your level, like my mentor was a CCIE. And when he joined, he wasn't allowed to just do stuff on his own, if that makes sense. Yep. So there yep. are... You know, it doesn't matter what level you are, the company still has a way of doing things. Correct. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a good point because I think, you know, you're right. So, and to be honest with you, I, I've, I've started to see it more and more. It's not necessarily lack of talent out there, but like I see a lot now of guys, you know, they have the heavy Cisco stuff. And I'm just taking this example because that's the vein we live in, but uh, they, they have a heavy, they have a heavy Cisco experience and things of that nature. And then they come in and, you know, they're into an environment that, does uh, Aruba or does Fortigate or it doesn't necessarily sure. they don't have they don't you know the company that sells doesn't have Cisco gear but you know at the end of the day networking is networking right it, you know TCP still works the same way as it does on, on Aruba than it does Fortigate than it does you know Palo Alto they're, sure. they're grabbing you for your experience uh, from a broader perspective and not vendor specific correct so you just Again, you have to know your environment, know what you're walking into. And I think that comes with a lot of preparation on the interviewee, uh, on, on their particular yeah. uh, homework before they step into, they step into the room, right? So, and that, that's kind of the other, you know, the other piece of this or the next point. So do your homework before you walk into that room, right? So look these people up on LinkedIn, look the company up. Uh, Glassdoor, it, it, you know, it's a big one nowadays for uh, ratings and, and, you know, peer review, both employees yeah, and non When you say look, what, what are you looking for? Cause it's very subjective to look. Like everyone can look, but what, what are the things you particularly look at? I look for a couple things. So I look, especially on LinkedIn, I'm looking at who are the major players or who currently works there, right? What, what their okay. roles are, uh, how long they've been there. Because, you know, if you're going okay. for a, if you're going for a help desk job or, or whatever, and again, you don't know how big the team is you're walking into, but if this is the third posting in a year for a help desk guy, either something, either those, they're churning through people left and right, or they're growing like gangbusters and you have to kind of decipher which pool you're going to play in. So, I, I mean, I've been a part of both. I've been a part of, you have these companies that all of a sudden just blow up at the seams and their guys are, you know, are, are working, you know, 60 hour weeks and they're just, they don't, they don't have the help. Or I've walked into places where, you know, all right, this is the third network engineer they've had because the other two quit six months in because the company is so helter skelter scatterbrain that they can't keep their people. So, right, that's fair. You know, so I looked at LinkedIn, I looked at, you know, major players, I look at how long they've been there, I look at their roles, I look at, you know, or, or anything of that matter, uh, their social media presence as a whole. So, like, from a business perspective, A, what do they do? B, are they active on social media trying to get people engaged or do they do a lot with the community, you know, things of that nature, uh, give backs, whatever, okay. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then on Glassdoor, right? Glassdoor, the other side of that is, okay, Glassdoor is the peer review site, right? So, you know, say I work for a company, ABC, you know, now you have, you know, people from all walks of life, not just technology. You have everybody that's ever worked there, right? Across major specialties or whatever, HR and down to customer service reps or whatever. Uh, they're saying, Hey, you know, I like this about this company, the pros and cons, et cetera. And it's like a star rating, right? So, you know, they get three and a half stars out of five, whatever it is. So obviously I'm doing that groundwork as well because I, you know, Dean, you and I know public perception is very big in, in people's decisions, sure. right? So they got in people, people obviously they feel, they feel more needed or feel more at peace with themselves if they work for a company that they like, you know, and they're ready to go that extra mile because company treats them good and, and has a good public perception, et cetera, et cetera. So and not everyone's like that, sure. but most people take pride in, okay, in where right, they, yeah. in, yeah. in where they, yeah. you know, lay their head sort of thing. So, you know, so I look for things like that and say, okay, look, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, I don't really care. And maybe you're different. I don't really care if, you know, if I'm on Glassdoor and I say, and I see, 
you know, people in the HR department really had a, had a rough time at, at this place because I'm not in HR. Like that's not my, that's not where I'm walking in the door. I mean, to a degree, you have to sort of thing, but that's not my initial, Oh my God, I'm not going to work there because an HR assistant was, you know, it w- was overworked. Like that's no, I think you should be cautious of it because it definitely does. Um, yep. There's definitely a highlight of company culture there. It feeds into the culture. That's HR correct. Bit, yeah. If HR are being overworked, then right. no other. Uh, right. You've got no chance. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, maybe that was a bad no, example. You're, you're in for a wild ride. <laughs> but I get what you, I get your point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So that was just my example of you know, hey, you know, you got to you got to look at your your department or what you know the IT as a whole differently than how someone in marketing is is you know what I mean is is overworked oh, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Like there, there's different yeah, yeah. there's whatever different it might be yeah, yeah there, there's different temperatures there. I guess is what I'm trying to. You know, trying to get across, but you know, obviously, yeah, be aware of it, but don't let it, yeah, completely inhibit your choice. Correct, I, I, correct. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it does hold some weight, but you know, make sure it doesn't hold the most weight, sort of thing, in, in your decision. Sure. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, like I said, know who your major players are, your stakeholders, right? Your you know CEOs or or you know your C level you know execs, things of that nature. Just in case you're asked about them, you know, things of that nature, because. People love to throw out like interview. You know, hiring managers love to throw out. Hey, do you know what we do, or do you know, you know, John Smith? That you know, he's our CEO and he does X Y Z. And it'd be nice to say, yeah, I know he gave to the Red Cross. You know, whatever or you know, whatever organization or, or give back. And it's it's a nice it's a nice tie in. It shows that you know you've done your homework before you step in the room. Yeah, I like to ask what your favorite product is, especially for companies I work for. Yeah. There you go. And lots of them like, uh, what? <laughs> What's your favorite product, you mate? You must you must own something. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no, that's that's all good. It's all good. The other thing is like the interview process, or when you sit down in that room with whoever you're sitting down with, the interview is just as much for them as it is for you. So they're obviously it, it's a two way street in that particular aspect. So they're asking questions of me to try to get a couple things across, right? You know, company culture fit is a big one, right? And then obviously technical skills and you're not showing up for, you know, you're not showing up for an IT job as a mechanic sort of thing. And then that's also the, the, the ideal situation for me to ask questions about them, right? So what is company yeah, culture? You hammer them too. Thing, yeah. You really, do, you almost questions. have to. Yeah. Cause that's a major decision, yeah. right? So that's how you get so much insight as well. And then you also have to lay it on thick as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've got other interviews. This is the third one I had this week or this morning. I'm theatrical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I like to play the theatrics. Yeah, like, yeah. Start invoking people. Like, it's a game. Like, start finding out, figuring out what the culture's like by saying things like that and see what that does. Right. Do they like that? Don't they like that? Right. Is that going to be a problem? Like you're allowed, you're entitled to look at other positions and openings, especially when you'll be working a minimum of 40 hours a week. I agree. At a place. So decide well. No, I agree. And like, you know, it, you're right. It's a hundred percent. It's just as much for you to get to know them as it is for them to know, to know you. So come with questions prepared, right? So. You know, just and it doesn't have yeah. to be anything crazy. You know, Dean likes to likes the uh, likes the theater aspect of it, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it doesn't have to be crazy. You know, just a couple of questions, and so then it it shows interest, right? It shows them that you know you've taken the time to 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 do your research and to ask X Y Z whatever questions are important to you, right? So you know things of that nature, Absolutely. like you know, and it can be a little bit of both, right? Because I feel like question is there an on call rotation that I feel like is is a is a technical question and a company culture fit because a lot of people some do some don't and then how how often is it right so is it are you on call every week like all the time or is it like every two weeks or every six months whatever that is and that's going to depend on how big your team is right so that's why i like to ask um if there's an engineer in the room who's doing a job lot similar to you yep i like to ask like what's a day or a week in a life as an engineer and that way you really gauge what the heck you're doing agreed like you really gain a lot of insight on that and that's where you that's where like the rubber really meets the road in the respect of like what this all means like the studying yep. the applying for the job after an interview like what am i actually going to be doing on a day-to-day basis because before that honestly you don't know 
Yeah, no. <laughs> you ain't got a clue. No. no, you're completely blind. <laughs> like, you never know what you're going to be doing. Sometimes, like, I've seen I've, and heard of stories where people have gone into engineer jobs and, like, they don't even touch a Cisco switch. Yeah, right. But that might be a big problem for some people. They might Agreed. just be designing. Agreed. And they they don't know that. Like, they don't, they don't touch no gear. Like, they touch no toys. And for me, like, that would be a problem at the start of my career. Yeah. Like, but some people go through that and they're just like, yeah, I'm not going to be, what do you mean I'm not going to be touching stuff? Right. Like, no, 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 no. We have other people for that. I'm like, yeah, that ain't going to work for me. I need to like get my hands dirty now and then. Maybe yeah. not every day. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I agree. And, you know, so I think, I think these are good questions to ask, and especially like even at the help desk level, right? Know what you're sort of walking into. Like how many calls are you expected to take? Right. Is it 10 a day? Is it, hundred a day, whatever that is. So like, you know, you sort of want to walk out of there with some expectation. And if they say, Hey, you're going to sit at a phone and, and, you know, for, for eight hours a day or whatever it is and, and, you know, answer it as they come, which obviously that's a help desk role, but like how busy, like what's the average call look like? Or what's the average day look like? Like how many calls are they taking a day? So, I mean, if you're, if you're pushing yourself 60, 70 calls a day, that's a, that's a huge order. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm like ready to. You know, stab somebody by the time you get out of there. <laughs> so it's not even that as well. It's what's expected because I've been in help desk roles, maybe not directly in IT, but telecoms, where you had to pick up a phone and do uh, upgrades too. Okay. So okay. if you've got a heavy call flow and then you've got you're expected to do sort of um, OPEX work, then you're screwed. Yeah. Like that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot for one person. It is. Yeah, it's a lot. No, one hundred percent. So, so you ha- you have to you you really have to uh, like your job might not just be it might be help desk, but you might not just be answering the phone. You could be doing like network right. upgrades or multiple things. Yeah, doing doing tickets on top of that as well. Yeah, and then you have to answer a phone in the middle of your ticket. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Sucks. Like, yeah, Sucks. You, 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 you don't know what you're going to be doing. Yeah, ju- juggling. What about if you, how many, how many different projects do you have to swing from one to another to another to? Because yep. I've never yep. worked in a job where like you're just doing one thing and like you're usually juggling like five or six different types of projects. And then there's different, there's five or six different project managers who Correct. are basically up your ass trying to figure out what's going on. So, <laughs> you know, you, you, you need to, there's a lot of, um, yeah, it's a lot of juggling needs to be, uh, yeah, there's a lot of juggling. There's a lot of understanding that, honestly, you need to uh, get to terms of what the company expectations are in an interview because that's your first insight to big real company culture and like the actual team because it's all well and good seeing it and lights and glimmer on Instagram and Facebook and the, uh, on the, on the websites and stuff like that. But, um, what what do they do every day to make money is is a completely different story. It's a big one, yeah. No, I, I, you ain't gonna tell me twice. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I, I've been in roles like that too. You know, not necessarily like you know upgrades and, and things of that nature, but you know, my very first IT job was a was a tech support rep for a local local cable company here, and at that time, cable modems were were really starting to take off, and it was massive. I mean, we. I remember uh, I sort of challenged myself um, back in the day, you know, when I was at this place, of, you know, trying to reach 70 calls a day. And I, I, I hit like 63 or 64 calls a day. And that was that was just insanity. Like, you know, you didn't even get up to like go pee. Like it was one of those things like you, know, you tried to hit your benchmark and you know, not that they expected that. Right. You know, they just, you know, it was it was a fun challenge to see if I could do it. But, you know, it's a lot. And that was just answering calls and and. You know, talking to you know Joe Schmo, that you know couldn't get their cable modem online. You know that sort of thing. It wasn't anything. It wasn't internal to i to an IT organization. It was it was end users and you know trying to you know have grandma put batteries in a remote you know sort of thing. So it, it was a tough. You know, some of those days were were tough, and people just people are relentless. You know, they just when something doesn't work, especially in the in the residential and the consumer market, something doesn't work. Man, you are. It doesn't matter if it's your problem or not. You are on the other end. You are going to hear about it. So, like those were rough days. You know, trying to make everybody happy and, and just help people, and you're getting thrashed every day, all day long. And it's like, oh man, I, this is you know, this is kind of crazy. But the expectation is a big one because if you don't know what's expected of you, you don't know what your goals are and if you're meeting them or not. And that's a 
that's a big one, at least for me, because I like to know where I stand. Like a lot, you know, I've, I work for a lot of places that just, you know, I don't want to say that they just let you cruise or, or whatever, but there's no line in the sand. So you don't know if you're doing well or not. So getting those expectations and, you know, visit it, revisiting those expectations every whatever that is, right? quarterly or every six months, you know, get them, know what you're doing. Because if you're not hitting a mark and people wait or management waits till six months to tell you, they're not doing you a service either because you could have, you could have known that three months ago and you could have worked on it, you know, that sort of thing. So knowing those expectations are a very big uh, piece for me. Because uh, then that way everybody knows where they stand, where they stand, all the stakeholders, you know, you, boss, you know, and whoever else may come into the equation. That's a big one. So expectations are huge. And then obviously, you know, doing all of this homework ahead of time, right? The interview itself becomes easier. There's less nerves, there's less jitter because you will, you have a, a bullet point to make or, or, or a list to, you know, check off sort of thing. And, you know, they do uh, for you as well. So that, that, that whole, nerves and you know tenseness whatever you want to call it that becomes easier because now it's just two guys in a room sort of talking at this point right it's not yeah. it, it, it there's less stress involved in that particular yeah. aspect and i think um what we forgot to cover is um a lot of the jobs we do in these day and age is um before we even get to a face-to-face interview especially with the covid uh pandemic we have a lot of phone interviews there's a lot of that so if you're gonna have a phone interview i guarantee the expectation Every interview I've held and being on the other side, on both sides, yep. that, turn your webcam on. You need to have your webcam on. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Regardless, it, it's never written down. However, it is an expectation yep. to see each other's faces. It it, it does help. It does. Faces. I agree, hundred percent. It does because interviews are naturally stuffy and full of tension already. Whatever you can do to sort of mitigate a lot of that and bring that tension level down a little bit to a manageable level. I mean, there's always going to be some there, but you know, bring that down to a manageable level. I think I think that helps both you and them as well. Because you know, I've been on the other side of interviews that the, the hiring manager they weren't that great. It was just as much a struggle for them as it was. Yeah, because a lot of people can't articulate themselves or even get across the table of what they're yep. trying, what they want. Like they can't even they they don't describe the job in a in a way that is understandable to the interviewee. Yep. Like they they can't they don't understand what they're getting themselves involved in. And when at high level, sometimes management don't explain themselves or their expectations uh, particularly clear. I agree. No, I agree with that. And, and I think the first and you touched on the first round of phone interviews. Most of the time, that phone interview is a buffer, right? Somebody from HR getting through and just making sure you're not, you know, a serial killer or anything like that. Like, but you know, they're not necessarily, it's a check. Yeah. Yeah. They're not necessarily getting into the, into the weeds and the nitty gritty, but I've had, I've had phone interviews with HR people that tried to talk tech with me. I have basically thrown it out there and am I starting to talk tech and and getting into that Avenue? And then, you know, but the problem with that is those HR folks are reading buzzwords off of a paper that you have to check mark boxes and it, they don't get any deeper than that yeah. so you have to sort of tailor to your audience is i guess is the, probably the best word uh, or phrase for that yeah, so you need to know your audience and you got to know if it's surface tech or if it's that shit. exactly you're getting into granular like actually like book level exactly because <laughs> i've i've, I've exactly. you know for a couple things i've yeah. never gotten past the hr person because i didn't say the buzzwords that she had or they had on their paper and and, and right. i feel like that's a again it's a cult that's a culture thing that's sort of a look into the company yeah. on the inside and you know if, if they're going to throw an hr person at you for a technical position even if it's just the, the screen the person at the front door at least tailor that conversation into your applicant's strengths like don't try to sit there and talk tech because you're you're an hr person and that's not your day-to-day everyday job you know okay you got a couple check marks you got to do on a paper okay you know is he this is he that is he is he this you know as far as from a uh from a person standpoint but you know trying to throw buzzwords on a paper and, and judge your judge your applicant by a person that really isn't in their department or in their everyday avenue, I, f- I feel like that's a disservice to, to most yeah, people. Yeah, I, I agree with you because effectively what you have there is someone unqualified judges someone who's Correct. Qualified. 100%. That's a great way to put it. If you walk in with a CCMP, I doubt a HR, someone from HR has a CCMP. Correct. Or a CCMP. Right. Very, very unlikely. And yet they're judging you on terms and words and buzzwords that 
they they have no business in correct because they don't know what it is yep. yep yeah they don't know what it is they don't know their, their level of understanding and the other thing about acronyms is there's acronyms for everything <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> so, exactly yeah so you don't even know which ones you're saying so there's so many acronyms in dip i hate acronyms because it doesn't it, it's it's effectively meaningless depending right. on what industry you're in so they're empty it's right. very empty it's completely yep. empty so you can shout all the buzzwords you want and it gets you somewhere and it certainly yep. gets you past the hr gate but um if you've got someone a real pedigree engineer in the uh interview process that's yep. when you're really going to be shown for who you are correct and then kind of spinning off at that so and, and i've been in this spot before and i'm d- sure i'm sure dean you have as well but you know when you're in that room and, and you're kind of going spar for spar back and forth with your hiring manager or whatever it is they're bound to ask you a question that you don't know as far as from a technical perspective what the worst, what's the worst thing you had in an interview because i i don't think i i tell my story in the interview and I'm not trying to one-up anybody but i've just never heard a more grueling story than my myself and another engineer who I came up with, and it was just brutal. But I, I want to hear your one first. I want to give yeah. you the opportunity to see if you can best mine. But I've never heard of a story that's best than mine yet. <laughs> you know, it. I don't know if I really have one to be honest. Like I, you know, I, I I've applied for countless jobs, right? So I mean, right. it's just what it is. But you know, I, I feel like you know some of them I walked into. And the hiring manager was was not at the point in my career. He was, and one sticks out. And I, like I said, I won't mention names or anything. But this was forever ago, and you know, I, I had my NA and things of that nature. And I walked into the interview, and I didn't know him, but he, him, and I went to the same high school together. And he was like okay. three or four years behind me, so he was younger than I was. Okay. But I, I feel like I think at the time he was like a one man, maybe two man. Like IT shop for, for a, um, for a small local bank here. And I'm like, well, how are you doing IT for a bank with like just yourself or just like, you know, one or two other people? And as the interview went on, I felt like I was sort of showing him up with some of the skills that I brought to the table oh, that he yeah. didn't know. And I feel like that was a very big turnoff for him. Cause obviously That's interesting. I've never heard anything. Yeah. Like, like that e- <laughs> that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Like egos <laughs> inside, and you know, there's egos everywhere here, but it's like, yeah. you know, like oh, tons of he people. wasn't, he wasn't about to hire me and then me step in and have him look better to his boss than, you know, than to him. But you know, it was one of those kind of things. So like, I, I feel like that was the only like weird story that I really had. Like, Oh, uh, th- there is a weird one, and, and this is more of a cross uh, getting uh, signals crossed. But uh, not too long ago, I did interview for a place. This is before where I'm at now, but uh, actually, they're right down the street from each other. I interviewed for a uh, for an MSP here in this area, and uh, it was through a recruiter. And, and I basically, you know, did the whole thing and and prepared uh, like I normally do. And then I, I, I so I went to the interview. And I stepped in the room. I met a few people and just, you know, kind of talked and, and it was really going well and things were progressing. But I noticed I was getting a lot of like a lot of questions around voice, like Cisco voice. And I was like, it seems odd, like for a, a network engineer spot, like to focus heavy on like, like call manager and, and unified yeah. communications voice type things. Oh, wow. And like I answered where I could and this and that. And they, they brought a VP in and. You know, him and I really hit it off and this and that and the next thing. And okay, great. And I left and, and I called the recruiter that I got the, you know, that I got set up through. I called him and I said, uh, I said, man, I said, I, I thought it went, I thought it went pretty decent, but I really was, it was really heavy on the voice side. I thought it was more for very niche spot. You know, the data side of the house. And he said, yeah, that's interesting. Blah, blah. So he's like, well, let me, let me see what I have. Let me, let me make some calls. So he did. And, and he got back to me like a couple hours later. He's like, he's, cause I'm so sorry. He said, uh, so there seems to be a mix up. He goes, what happened is they had a job opening for both a UC voice engineer and a data engineer. But then basically by the time I got in there, they actually took the data engineer or the Cisco data engineer off the table okay. and didn't tell my recruiter. So you went in for a data engineer job. But you were, but they were hiring. Yeah. They're, they're recruiting you for <laughs> a voice engineer. Yeah, for a voice job. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah, like they didn't tell the recruiter in time, or didn't tell him at all, whatever it was. And then I basically went in there. 
I thought I was going in for data, and then they thought I was here for for voice, and that, that's where our kind of signals were were crossing. I was like, "Damn, that would have been a good spot." But, you, but like, got, I'm only so got, good for a for a voice it? guy. Um, at the position I was in at the time, I probably oh, would have. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I probably would have. I mean, to me, but like when I'm ready to leave a place, it has to be really, really bad. To be like, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. Like, I don't actively. I shouldn't say. I, I don't passively look. Like, I have to have a purpose yeah, to that. look yeah, because yeah. it just. At least that's that's for me. Like, if I see something coming down there, and, and I've been in places where like the writing was on the wall, right, sort right, of right. thing, where management has changed or whatever, and they're like, hey, you know, whatever. So if I see something like that, like writing's on the wall, like you know, this is going to happen you know, sooner rather than later, then I'm like, all right, let's, let's go sort of thing. But like things have to really be bad. Be like, Oh my God, I hate my boss. I want to, you know, you know, whatever, <laughs> like that has to be really to that level to really yeah, stress me out to yeah, really say, okay, I, I got to go. It's effort moving as well. Like a lot of effort. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of effort to the guys and gals out there getting into it. Like, don't be surprised if you move around a lot within your first five years. I mean, I'm. St- I still. You know, I've moved around. It's all about. Yeah, it's, all it's about finding that. Fit. It's a fit. Yeah, it, sure. It's a yeah. total fit thing. And I've moved around a lot. And to some places, that is really a turnoff to say, okay, why has he had six jobs in the last you know eight years? It's like, well, in, in today's day and age, IT is sort of a. It, I don't want to say dime a dozen. That kind of that 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 weakens it, no, but, but it's not as niche as it if- used to be. Oh, yeah. just be great. I think if you if you had six jobs in eight years, like you said, just be creative. Just say they're all contracting jobs. Say they're yep. termed out six months, and you had to find them. No one, no one can fault you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's like, yeah, you know, and I've done that. I've, you know, I was at a job for eight months, or I was at a job for two years, or and and the wife yells at me all the time. I mean, well, my wife's a teacher, so I mean, once she basically. Well, once she gets her tenure, yeah. Once she gets her tenure, then she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to stay at this school for forever." And like, that's her mindset. Like, why can't you stay at a place for ten years? I'm like, in IT, like, you know, it doesn't work that way. Like, and I'm going to say this, and, and it may ruffle some feathers. It may, it may be the truth. I don't know. I like, like, like feathers ruffled. Ruffle them. <laughs> um, really, in order to make money or to make the climb as fast as as you can you have to change jobs Absolutely. i second that in my position in my career i have very rarely been promoted within it's uh, there's always been factors there to, oh well you know uh, they, they always hire they always look to hire at least the places i've been they've looked to hire outside before looking at their internal talent and it's like well Absolutely. all right if that's going to be the chance that's going to be the change so either i'm going to get the money and stay here for five years and then get the money, or I'm going to take that next job. You know, I'm, I'm going to basically hop jobs and make it in a year, like you know, to, to really make money and to really get to your titles. And, and some people like titles, senior X, Y, Z. Some people don't really think they're worth the paper they're printed on, but you know, go to what job work for. <laughs> exactly. So for money your titles. <laughs> exactly. So to get your money and your titles, you have to move jobs. That's the only way you're going to do it in that small amount of time. And, and you don't really know how much time you really have. You know, and, and for somebody that's aggressive, like I was early in my career, nothing was ever good enough. I was always looking for XYZ. I was always looking for that next, you know, uh, that next pay raise, that next, uh, that, that next job title. So if you're aggressive like I was, you're going to jump jobs in that particular time. Yeah, I agree with that. You definitely will. And I, I, I actually, I would take it a step further and say, I encourage it. You, because uh, that's the only real way you learn yep. as well. Like I've had bosses who I've started jobs with, like Ericsson, for instance. He said, be here two years and move on. If you like, after two yep. years, you've learned everything you need to know. Yep. Move on. That's the only way you get on in life. And yeah. he was telling me more. He was my manager, but he was telling me more of that as a as a friend. Like you need to move on every two to three years because that's the only way you'll get on. If you're good, if you're really good yep. at something, organizations just keep you at doing that. Yeah, so, no, I I agree, and I wish managers would have told me that earlier on. Yeah, you know, a lot of managers spend time. Yeah, you know, blowing smoke, and I'm going to make you this, and I'm going to make you that, and it's like, well, then, yeah, don't why do I see all these it. people it's, it's, coming it's through the? Force. 
Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It's like, why do I see all these people coming in for all these jobs and you're not even taking a flyer on me? Like, you know who I am. Hey, why, know, think about an organization standpoint, though. Even if it was me, I would rather take, if I had an internal candidate, similar qualified to an external candidate, that external yep. candidate is going to bring in a, a richer knowledge set. Yep. Think no, about, like, especially if you've been there for five, ten years, you've, like, you're institutionalized, like you're embedded in company culture. You, you, you've run out of ideas. You don't, you're not coming in fresh like when you would in a new organization. Like, oh, I've seen this somewhere yep. else and we did it better. Let's do it this way. Yep. You don't really Correct. get that from people who you hire internally as opposed to externally. So Correct. I get why they do it. It does annoy people who are um, working internally and apply for those jobs knowing well that they won't get them because they're you know that their eyes are set for someone externally however um that's yeah. just the way that the cookie crumbles and i agree with you i just feel that um you really got to do your time when you apply for your job make sure you ask for money because like and the money you want yeah. because you're not going to get another yep. opportunity to negotiate your salary ever once you're in yeah. that organization. They're not going to give it to you unless you don't The ask. only time you're going to get another opportunity to negotiate your salary is when you get when you start another job. And not another job internally. I mean, an external job. So I, I always yep. say aim high. Like, aim, aim ridiculously yeah. high, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they can really do is come down and be like, all right, well, we'll they're pay gonna you come this. Down maybe anyway. higher than no, what you originally No, they're going to come yeah. down, regardless of what you say. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. If you yep. say something 100%. low, they're going to come down. So. Yeah, exactly. So aim high and meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. <laughs> That's your only shot. That's it. So yeah, so those were just a couple, you know, a couple of things. And I feel like, I feel like I see a lot of message boards out there with people saying, Hey, I have an interview for XYZ next week, or I have an interview for a security spot or, or a networking spot or a help desk spot. And like all these different people have all these different answers. So, you know, I felt like it would be a good topic to come and, and hang out uh, and just basically, you know, talk a couple things of, you know, making that whole process easier. Uh, both on you and then obviously on the on the company as well because the more fluid it is the better that is because then it's not yeah. so stuffy it's not so rigid it, it it really shines the people side of it and to be honest with you dean like getting a person to like you getting a hiring manager to like you could be all the difference that and yeah. you getting hired or you not getting hired so using your soft skills and your personality if you don't know the technical questions or anything like that so fill that gap with okay i don't know that particular what he's asking technically fill that gap with you know, your, your soft skills, your personality, yeah. because then that a, a, it does two things. A, it opens up to your hiring manager a little bit and lets them see the softer side of you, which most people do want. Most hiring managers want to make sure you're not just a yeah. rock sitting in a chair. And then, you know, the other thing is That's it true. fills that, <laughs> it, it, it fills you that. You show your human some sort. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the human side does go for a lot, believe it or not. It does. Sadly, like the world we're in, it actually goes for more than you think it does. No one wants to try I think it. it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I there agree. is some empathy no, 100%. There, for sure. So, yeah, um, and I think yep. hiring managers yep. uh, probably want you to lean into that more. It's not just binary in interview. It's not like I have to know this, otherwise I don't get the job. It's not. It's not clear cut like that. And to be honest with you, a great attitude I learned from a company I used to work for when I never knew the answer was, I don't know that, but we can find out together. I think that's just a great statement. Yep. It just that's shows a good your willingness one. and uh, your cooperation and that you may not know everything, but you're honest about it and that you're willing to learn and um, basically yeah. Um, yeah, put yourself out there to uh, further your uh, aspirations, knowledge, and understanding of uh, what might be needed from yeah, I, I agree. And I think, I think if you don't know, don't try to sit there and BS them because a lot of people can see right through the BS. I know I can just be honest with them. Say, yeah, you know, no, I haven't really worked with anything, you know, in that particular, like, for example, like when I took the job where I'm at now, I had no prior experience of what SD WAN or working with SD WAN. I had indirect experience with it when I was at, when I was at Evolve, uh, Evolve IP, they were, um, spinning up their own 
uh, homegrown solution of SD-WAN at the time. And, you know, there was a guy on the back end that configured it. And then I was basically, you know, I, I dealt with it indirectly after it was all done and configured. But I had no part in actually configuring it. So when they asked me, I was like, no, I mean, I understand the concepts and what the what the purpose is and sort of the underbelly. Um, but I have never actually pushed any buttons with SD-WAN. And, and I was honest with them. And they were like, OK, great, you know, fine. You know, and that they, they moved on. Right? It wasn't this huge, like, sticking yeah. point of, oh, my God, we need you to know because XYZ. someone so, good at interviews would move on because there's nothing there. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not yeah, going to. Correct. Like, you can't expect to interview an engineer and them know the whole ticket. And if they do know the whole ticket, prepare to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on that engineer. But for the real world, it's just not there. No one knows everything, but everyone has the capability of learning. Yeah, it's, just not it's too big out there. Yeah, you the can't know routing switch. You can't know wireless. You can't know security in data yep. center in intrinsic depths and. Correct. Have the understanding that we can all trip each other up in this industry. We all know something Correct. each other doesn't know. And yep. we can all lord that over someone like, oh, I asked someone a question and they didn't know this particular aspect of that technology. So what? Right. Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't yeah, mean who anything. Cares? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, who like, cares? Okay. Tell me how it works. I'll read it. I'll learn it for a night. And I know it tomorrow. Big deal. It's not right. that serious. Moving on. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Did you have any other notes to 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 throw into your throw the, your hat into the ring here with those uh, outside of what no, I covered? No, I don't think so. My only five cents worth was well, I was just going to share my experience with the. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, my, I kind of railroaded my, my, that. My gruesome one, the worst one I've ever had. It was when I um, finished my apprenticeship at Nokia Siemens Networks. I had two rounds of this interview. It was a technical one. And they were just asking insane knowledge on just um, like 2G networks, 3G networks, how um, cool setup works, all the elements and um, nodes that are involved in that. And then you had to, um, there was like three principal engineers in there and uh, a hiring manager. And not only were they asking questions, they were asking to draw on the board. So you had to go through and like draw like call setup things of that nature like um basically call handover roaming or how all that sort of worked yeah and then once you explained all that which took about 25 30 minutes just to get through all of that and the different aspects of all of that plus there was questions in between um yeah i would say yeah. okay here's a laptop show me so you had to even show them like you have to log in and ensure them the technology you're using. So let me put this into Cisco aspects. So right. that's just like saying, okay, you've got your CCNA now. You go and you're a hiring manager. There's engineers in your, uh, in, in your interview, pro- on your panel, for instance. And yep. they ask you, okay, how do you, how do you get to a website? Okay. So you say, <laughs> okay, so you go to the web browser, you click on the, you click on it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Easy. Now, tell me yep. the process behind that. So you have to tell them about the switching involved, perhaps you're in different VLANs, maybe some spanning tree, um, if you want to get eloquent, um, pretend if that's wired, wireless, um, if you're using security or not. And then not only on top of that, you had to show them actually on the platform. So they had a switch logged in for oh, you wow. on live network, and then you actually had to sh- show them the technology. That's insane. I've wow. never ever, like, That's this interview was like two and a half hours because, like, you had to show each aspect of the technology, like, on the laptop, like, lo- on a live network. It's just like, who put you through that? Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yikes. It's just mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's above and beyond the Call of Duty. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> wow. That, 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 that's that's all I, no, I haven't. I haven't had anything like that. Just a couple here and there, but I mean, usually interviews are stuffy and, and, you know, full of tension anyway. So do, do your best, you know, do your homework, know who you're walking into, you know, things of that nature. And that all that sort of makes it a lot easier and, and less stuffy, less tense. Cause obviously you want, you know, once you, that temperature comes down for you, then, you know, that, that whole process is, is much easier. So just a yeah, couple things that, that Dean and I, yeah, just a couple things Dean and I wanted to throw out there and, and, um, you know, kind of share 
couple of our experiences with. So that was kind of it for that one. The other thing that we sort of threw around and kind of, and this kind of goes with uh, company culture and, and what we talked about earlier with the interview process is, you know, knowing what these companies think of IT. And, and when I say that, some companies put IT up there as far as, okay, if we put more into IT, then the back end runs, you know, smoother or actually the front end, it would be, um, you know, the front end would runs more smoother, more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's companies out there that really invest in IT in that aspect to make their lives in their business run smoother. And then there's other companies out there that just see IT as a cost center on, you know, and the number on a, on a piece of paper and they cut where they can. And they basically say, you know, Hey, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, I want to, I want to Porsche performance on a, on a Yugo you know, budget sort of thing. And it's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta basically string two cans, you know, you got string and and, uh, cans on each end and try to make it work. And most of the time it doesn't. I I think from what I've experienced in that kind of realm, it's all about leadership and how leadership in your organization perceive IT and how serious they're willing to take it. uh, 100%. to, To others in the organization. If leadership don't deem IT important, and um, feel that it can take the business to the next level. I personally wouldn't work for an organization like that due to the fact it's just, it's, it's bound to fail. Put it this way, as an engineer, you're not going to be taken seriously, seriously with your ideas or thoughts in the respect of uh, business or company, company initiative. It, that's, that can only really come from leadership. And yep. if your leadership doesn't respect or even have an f- idea of what IT is, if their notions are IT is um, something that I can just get, I have a laptop I can get out to the internet, then um, I don't know. That's, I, I just think it's, it's a tough, a tough spot. spot. Yeah. You need, you need someone more aware of what all the skills you can bring to the table, especially in the age of uh, remote working as well. So, like you need leadership on board, and if you don't have leadership invested in IT, I don't think it's a person personally a good fit. I couldn't agree more, uh, and, and I've been at both, right? And I'm sure Dean, you have as well. I've been at both places that really put a lot of stock in IT and thought and building out IT teams the way they're supposed to. But then that obviously shows on the front end of things, and you know, it's a better you know user experience and technicians or or you know whatever. And in my profession, I'm in the uh, I work for a pest business now. So like, you know, people that come to your houses on the handhelds, like they're getting better uh, experience because the back end is so solid. So they're doing their jobs better and they're hitting more yeah. calls a day and, th- you know, or, you know, traveling more homes a day, et cetera, et cetera. So, but then I've also been in places where, you know, I, I couldn't get them to move off of the ASA 5505 and that thing's 20 years old. So it's like, you know, and yeah. they're like, oh, well, next budget, next budget, next budget. That next budget never, never comes. comes. No, ever. So, you know, I've, I've been there. So, and you're not necessarily going to know that when you sit down in an interview like that, but it's something it's to. It's clear though. You could you be there a couple of, of months and it, you just, yep. you'll have an idea or something obvious yeah. will be in your environment and you'll raise yep. it. And you'll be like, why are we yep. doing that? Or why is this not, why have we not moved on yet? And yep. generally a silly answer will come. <laughs> yeah, it's some, yeah. You know, you're right. You're 100 percent right. And I think the so even if you do take that job and you know the interview goes well and they they hire you whatever you want to call it, you know you're gonna notice red flags in the first couple of months because like Dean said, something something silly is gonna happen and they're gonna go, oh well, why don't you do this, band aid this until next year and then you know whatever. And it's like, all right, so that's a red flag because normally when they say that, that just means they're kicking the can down the road and next year never quite comes. Trust us, Dean and I have been there. It's it's a mess. And now, okay, that thing is broke once. It's going to happen again. There's there's no doubt it's going to happen again. And now this time, what else is it going to break with it? Like, what important thing is it doing that particular minute that it's going to break? And now you got people screaming at you going, why doesn't this work? Well, it doesn't work because this thing's 20 years old and we're going to use Cisco again because that's the realm Dean and I live in. You know, this ASA is not meant to do all this packet, tra- you know, the uh, IPS and IDS stuff that isn't needed in today's networks. Those 5505s are babies. They're, they're not meant for that. So yeah, when it does break in that aspect, like, yeah, like, 
when it breaks in that aspect and, and something happens or or whatever, it's going to happen again. And then they go, well, why doesn't this work? This thing's 20 years old. It's it's not meant to go forever. And there's a lot of companies out there that literally run this stuff into the ground and only upgrade or only get new gear because they have to. Like that's yeah. that's just the long and short of it. And you have to find out which ones are those. And then once you find them out, run because it doesn't get any better. <laughs> yeah, nor is your on-call either. It's going to be constantly. And that's what I mean too. That's that's the other tickets. thing. Yeah, the on-call <laughs> is, is is a mess, and and you know, yeah. and, and I've been in places again. Not trying to throw any names out there, but I've been in places that use all kinds of different gear. And this comes back to sort of finding your niche because I've been in places that they deploy WatchGuard, they deploy. Uh, Sonic walls. They go out and get a new client, and that client has a ubiquity. Or and now you're scoping across multiple vendors, multiple things, and there's you know now your guys are forced to know all these different vendors, and they all do things a little differently, right? So yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's not like, saying like you can't allow right. customers to have to whatever dictate. gear, yeah, dictate and have Correct. whatever gear they want because when it comes to support. Okay, your bit it might be easy to support, but not everyone knows how to to, to support that. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, you know, I've been part of shops like that where it's just you know, oh well, you know, just get them through, get them through. Well, it breaks two weeks later, and I'm getting them through again. Like yeah. it never that road never ends. It never comes to a full stop and be like, all right, no, we're you know, this is the the sixth time in eight months this thing is broke. We're yeah. gonna get you something that's decent in there, and then they go, oh well, the customer's never gonna pay for that. Well, how do you know? You don't ask, and you don't sell the long term. All you're thinking about you is the is the price tag on what that when the bill yeah, comes. That box like, costs. Yeah, yeah. That's what but I mean. Like you got like to pitch it differently, though. You got to have that aspect of like, well, we're losing so much money here because packets are dropping because this piece of ASA. Is uh-huh. not up for the job anymore. It's just like right. you can't have all that intrusion detection system and prevention system, and then it doing VPN traffic, site to site traffic, and yeah. IP. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, that for fifty. That's insane. You can't do yeah, that. It's, it's 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 insane. <laughs> and, you know, and again, once you get in there and you you kind of get into the day to day stuff of of your job, you're going to notice red flags right off the bat. It just it just is what it is. So you'll know if you're a part of a good company or not, as far as from an IT perspective, because they, you know, the good ones actually have an IT life cycle, right? Okay. So hey, this is you know Cisco announced this end of life last year, and after I was you know in the Cisco world, once it's announced end of life, you have I think it's five years to get that out of your your envir- your production environment to to get to the new one, uh, sort of right. thing. So a lot of them you really have to know. All right, your life cycles and keeping ahead of the curve sort of thing. But a lot of people just look at, okay, what's this going to cost me right now? But they don't know what the long end end of it is. And this is why I try to explain, you know, at least to the companies I've been at, I've tried to explain, look, okay, this ASA is 1500 bucks up front, but I'm literally touching that thing twice a year. And that thing is yeah. for upgrades, right? And this thing is going to last you at least six years, five, six years, whatever it is, because Cisco hardware literally runs forever. So you take yeah. that 1500 but you and you divide that, it by... Though. Don't say the don't say Cisco hardware because this is the problem with management. They hear that part Cisco yeah. hardware runs forever, and then they want to keep that piece of hardware forever. forever. But that yeah. but the application <laughs> exactly right. and what yep. we're doing with that now has changed. So yes, it would run yeah. forever, but like you I don't like necessarily new wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to play <laughs> the original Xbox because the yep. graphics ain't as good as a new one. Yeah, so no, yeah, you. you need to, I, you no, need to move with the times. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But the the point the the point I was trying to make is okay. Look, you can do the ASA for fifteen hundred now, or you can go for that watch guard for four hundred dollars. But I'm going to be touching that thing, you know, a handful times a year because it's broke, and my time is two hundred and fifty bucks per hour, and I'm rounding to the nearest hour. So really, which one is cheaper in the long run? You know what I mean? Like getting companies to see that long game is very not all of them, and you know, but I've been a part of a few of them. That is, it's really hard to get them to see that long game because all they think is is dollars and cents, and it's really that's a tough spot to be in because now you have you have guys in, at the C levels that don't really know what happens at this particular level, making yeah. decisions and buying gear or at least being the money the money pit of it, not understand what happens at this level, and they're just trying to they're just trying to get under their bottom line, and that's that's uh, unfortunately that's a yeah, lot of it. It's not always the right way there's a lot that needs to be considered what you, what vendor you're uh, selecting and um 
the cheapest one doesn't necessarily always mean the best. Yeah, frankly, yeah. So, Agreed. Yeah, it's normally it's a, not. <laughs> it's a tough one, and if you're not, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. It's a tough one because, yeah, these C-suite managers don't have that level of understanding. It's not no. just the hardware; it's the application. What, what, what's, what's it actually? What's the box actually doing? And yeah. I don't know. If I had the control, if I worked for a small enough company, I would probably be evil and make sure that their packets would drop all the time. Just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah, I hear <laughs> I, that. I would do some. I would do some profiling and put them on the worst one, <laughs> like like best efforts yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that, <laughs> just to prove my point. But uh, I've like thought I about said, it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how. I, that's that's how I go to prove a point. But I don't, I'm I don't not. Con- I'm not also condoning that either. But yeah. sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. I thought about it. Trust me, I thought yeah. about it. So but, yeah, that's uh, all. I, that's all I have, Pat. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of just you know just yeah you know, knowing your environment. Obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna know everything about them in that half hour interview that you go and sit at. But you know, just be aware of that in your everyday life. Saying, okay, look, you know, you kind of know what your company's doing. Either they either they really do take your your word for it, or at least let you have a hat in the ring, sort of thing. Or they're just going to do what they want to do and, you know, just go buy the money book. And normally, if you're, if it's that short sighted with the money piece of it, your, your long game usually isn't in great shape either. Uh, cause that's just, that's, it's either one or the other. And I've, you know, it's unfortunately, it's, it's the short game that's played a lot rather than the Sadly, long game. Yeah. But it's just, it is what it is. So just be aware of that, that, you know, Obviously, you know, <laughs> it's like that song, Money Rules Everything Around Me. That is very, very true in today's IT world and, and obviously yeah. a lot of other aspects as well. But if you can articulate why you need XYZ and give them something to think about or not just say, okay, well, we're going to go with this because it's 400 bucks. If you can articulate, okay, this is a, this is a box. Yeah, it's 1500, but it does XYZ and oh, Two years down the road, we want to have more remote workers than we do people in, in the office. And then, you know, oh, oh, okay, so, you know, licensing and, and, and you know, fit more people on a box and, you know, things of that nature. If you start to get into that underbelly, it at least makes them stop and say, okay, yeah, There's maybe. more to this than just the price. Yeah, that's all you Correct. need to know. Correct. There's a concept like when you go out and maybe buy a steak, you don't buy the cheapest steak, do you? No. No. You know what I mean? You're looking at what what it has to offer, or you don't buy the cheapest car. You you have yep. you you look at things and you look at do I need something at that level? Yep. Yeah. And no. One hundred percent. The same applies for an IT industry. You don't just buy the cheapest product. You buy what yeah, you, you what you need. It usually shows at the back end, and we're not saying go out and buy you know go out and buy the Cadillac or buy the Porsche or the oh, Tesla. Yeah, I think the department would love you for that. Don't get me wrong. I know <laughs> you get a lot of points you know. for, for buying nice and shiny gear, but usually you know, I'm not saying you have to do that. No, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I'm saying is usually usually the the solution is in the middle, right? It's not for sure. It's not yeah. cheap, it, but it's not it's not the Rolls Royce, right? It's somewhere in the middle where people can agree on. Okay, yeah, I can do this or. Or yeah, th- this will fit yeah, it's the a need. Good business conscious decision where it's had involvement in multiple departments, of, and they've expressed their needs of what they need out of the solution. And yeah, the money guy takes that all into consideration and gets the product that's fit for the bill, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So just those are a couple couple different things we wanted to get across and and just kind of set expectations because that's what we're about here right just setting expectations and knowing what you're getting into absolutely <laughs> um so that's kind of it dean do you have anything else to uh to chat here before we get out of here no that's it for me today thank you though cool absolutely yeah that was cool so uh we're gonna wrap this one up try not to take too much of your time because i know these can sort of drown on and 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 whatnot but uh we'll be back for more uh, in the next couple of episodes, we have some cool guests coming up as well. So just stick with us and, and, uh, you know, we got some cool stuff lined up. We're just trying to get schedules worked out with, uh, w- with some people. So thanks again for joining us this, this week, uh, ep- for episode five of So You Want to Be in IT. And then make sure you visit our website, So You Want to Be in IT.buzzsprout.com, where you can subscribe to the show. You can actually listen to the show right from there, or you can subscribe to it from your favorite platform, right? iTunes, Spotify. 
uh, Stitcher, Pandora, pretty much anywhere there's an RSS feed, we are there. So throw us a rating on iTunes. That'd be awesome. That helps with the algorithms and gets us to the top of the fresh and new list. So that'd be really cool. Or simply tell a friend, right? So IT related or not, right? So maybe you're getting in IT or maybe you're in IT and you know, you've been in it like Dean and I, but you know a friend that's, you know, uh, that's sort of on the fence about it. So tell him about it, you know, tell him about the show and, you know, see where he lands. So that would be cool too. And then obviously, uh, follow us on all of our social media. So we're Twitter at so you want to be an IT and then Instagram, the same handle at so you want to be an IT and then facebook.com slash so you want to be an IT. And then I forgot to mention this the last couple of closing. Uh, shows but uh our discord server we have the uh we have a discord server uh chat uh, spun up for you guys so the invite is in the show notes uh of of all of our episodes so go and uh grab an invite and come hang with us we love talking to you guys and there's all kinds of stuff in there right career advice or uh just talking in general to other it guys or uh certification you know off topic pretty much anything uh show notes so if, if you guys have a show topic or an idea you want us to talk about there's a channel in there for that too so drop us some lines there to see uh see what we uh what we're doing and and if you have something to to contribute to the show that'd be awesome so that's it dean i think that's it we're gonna get out of here and again thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week for episode six is there anybody there oh, yeah.